the penguin metaphors have continued. If that's one of those things that really humbles you at a competition when everyone else is like, UCS won, and then you're like, the happy, happy penguins. (laughs) Hi, everyone. So this episode is actually just part two or more of a conversation that we had with Jane and Nadia, which formed podcast four, Oxbridge alum discuss high school debating. The actual conversation we had with Jane and Nadia was a good 90 minutes. And so we trimmed it down into uh, two podcasts instead of one. The first part was episode four, and this is the second part, which is episode seven. Hope you enjoy. If I learned one thing from debating, it was framing, <laughs> and that is it. And I will, and I will take that to my grave. Through why you found framing so particularly useful, or, or why you think it's the most useful thing you've learned. Um, I mean, as you said before, I love a bit of rhetoric, and I think going into a speech where you kind of say at the beginning, this is the world that we live in, is the easiest way to embark on a, a BP speech. It's so kind of, it's it's rhetorical, but not in the kind of unnecessary way. Like it's highly necessarily rhetorical in that it gets everyone kind of on board, whether they agree with you or not. And then you can kind of take them on a little journey. And I think it's a really nice way to ground yourself in a speech. Because a lot of the time I found the reason why I wasn't giving good BP speeches was because I didn't really know in my head where it was going. Mm-hmm. I rarely gave a speech that I that was bad that I thought was good because you know when you're kind of like going around in circles mm-hmm. but starting at the beginning with a kind of like this is the world and this is the world what I'm going to take you to gives structure for yourself and it's all about signposting really isn't it and also mm-hmm. I think it's a nice thing to take into the real world mm. yes and onto the real world as though you saw it coming um a segue um you're about to enter the world of work and actually leave education yes. how thrilling um and are there areas that you feel more confident in because of debating uh, I think the answer here should be yes. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yes, sure, yes. I mean, feel I think free to be honest. Not necessarily in the world of work. I think in the world in general, mm. I think I'm more confident because of debating. Um, but I've also never really struggled with confidence. So I don't think it's necessarily confidence that it helps with the world of work. I think it's the an- analytical confidence. Mm. Um, and I think having the job that I'm going into, I already did kind of a six-week summer internship in. And I mean, it's a it's a general corporate consulting job. No one really has a clue what it is until you get there. Mm. But what debating did give me was this idea that like, well, it's all going to be fine. How hard how hard could it be? Mm. I can learn it. And if if mm. I can do a lot in fifteen minutes, mm. then I can mm. probably do quite a lot in six weeks when it comes to learning. Um, mm. But I think it's also interesting going into the world and realizing that most people have no idea what debating is and don't really care. Um, so telling someone you're like you're a debater doesn't necessarily get you much kind of like respect or anything mm. so you kind of have to fall back on the actual skills it's given you <laughs> instead of kind of going around and being like oh well I broke at Cambridge mm. schools because it doesn't it doesn't mean anything mm. if you're mm. if you're not taking away something actually literal mm. then why are you doing it mm. I think that's a really interesting flip on the kind of point you were, we were kind of discussing about like bluster and you know um actually it, it behind all of that there is something potentially it's either learned or not learned and the skills that you have are kind of it doesn't really matter at all whether you broke at um, 16 competitions if you've not taken from it the skills that are actually cross applicable or you know things that you can reflect on and use and equally it doesn't matter if you haven't broken if you have taken on those skills Um, and you mentioned framing before as one of those skills that you took Um, do you think there are any instances in the job you're going into or in future kind of 
career you know situations where that might be useful i think you know the answer to that otherwise you wouldn't have asked it um well yes obviously as a consultant framing is basically what you do because mm. you say to your client this is the current situation mm. and i am going to take you to this situation mm. in, in, in genuinely framing is is exactly what you're doing when you're trying to sell a client sell a product to anyone mm. kind of whether it's a service or a car or something it's mm. a this is what you have currently and then with this this is where I can take you and this is how good the world could be for you or this is how bad the world could be mm. and it's it's a really simple kind of rhetorical device for that sense I think this is something that Michael and Dr Etheridge definitely already understand but if I was to give advice to kind of a younger debater it would definitely be if you're semi-okay and you don't like and you kind of enjoying it a bit keep going because it's like you, you just there's no need to be good at it there's no need to be breaking if you're at these competitions and you're kind of getting like thirds or whatever you're still really good to be doing it and to be to be there in the first place and you are getting so much more from it than you realize because there's people who are so much better than you so you won't actually have the perspective right now mm. but if you keep going it will really like it, it makes a massive difference and if you do have a debating club in your school celebrate the successes for the people who aren't winning because Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why we got to keep doing it and keep enjoying it so much was because every step of the way we were treated like we were doing really really well even when it's looking back at how we achieved which was not very much and how the girls now are achieving which is like team england Mm -hmm. that's phenomenal and yeah i still get the feeling that we were kind of treated exactly the same Mm -hmm. um yes yeah yeah if you're not celebrating the success of everyone in the club whether that's kind of like you're at your first competition or you got your first first at a competition, like I think it's it's probably something to caution coaches about as well. Is it's, it's a bit uncomfortable, but I think we all have to admit as teachers, not just that we have favourites, but that like we can get quite competitive as coaches. And I think for us, we we do have to have a conscious effort sometimes to remind ourselves that um, for a certain student, winning Durham is successful, and really breaking at Durham isn't. Mm-hmm. And for another student. Um, making like the silver final of Edinburgh Juniors was just like mind-blowing success mm-hmm. and I, I think that that it, it can be really hard to keep that perspective as a teacher particularly if you have a lot of students at varying different levels and a very big club to to be conscious of the fact that that achieve what is an achievement for different students is, is so so different and um, I, I think we definitely do try that, but uh, yeah, I do think it's tough. Um, but a lot yeah. of that is also up to the girls themselves mm. because it's obviously, it's, I think it almost expected that you two will celebrate everyone because that's your job. Mm. Whereas if it, the people who are kind of the, uh, the top debaters on, if they're expressing this, oh, I didn't break, like that's the end of my world mm. out loud to some of the younger people, although mm. it's kind of, it's inspiring to see their success. That's great, but particularly when they're all so similar in age and they're all so mm. young that's that, that definitely has an impact because some of them will be in year nine and, and sixth form will be a brilliant debaters and some of them are in year nine and already great debaters mm. but you kind of stunt the success of the ones who aren't as quick by kind of expressing all this oh we, we didn't break it's the end of the world the weekend's ruined all that kind mm. of stuff yeah. i think that was actually a big skill that debating taught was how to be aware of like the people around you kind of thing because because we were the oldest in the like everyone amongst everyone who debated i think we definitely and we talked about um just being 
on the same. Obviously, I've, I've coached debating in a lot of different schools, but I've also been on the circuit. And we know, we're not going to name any schools, but we know there are some schools where I don't think the debating culture is healthy. And I, I don't think the way that students speak to each other or speak to each other in debates is healthy. I don't think the attitude they have towards debating is always healthy. And some of these schools are very successful and some are not. But um, I think we, we always knew right from the get-go that that wasn't what we wanted. And it has filtered down because like you guys, for example, primed a competition, Charlotte and Manon. And Charlotte and Manon would go on to sort of, particularly Charlotte, because obviously she stayed, became head girl. And it's interesting that even though Charlotte was probably not objectively uh, the best BP debater this year in her year 13 in the club, um, although it certainly would have been close, um, I think the students did still look up to her in the same way that they still look up to Jane and Nadia because you're right, it's, it's not just about like who's got the most BP breaks. It was like, I think there was an implicit understanding of like, look, Charlotte's kind of the, the head penguin for a reason because she leads by example. And I think also now, um, you know, we've, we've had them, we had ED for, for the sort of the interim between you guys and, and Charlotte and Manon, um, who again led by example. And I think Olivia and Lara next year will continue to lead by example, but importantly, not because Olivia's in Team England. Um, but because Olivia and Lara are both like really nice and because they do treat the younger ones well and because they do give back to the club, they're happy to judge the younger ones. There's all that sort of stuff going on. And I mean, the, 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 I think we have maintained, despite becoming a very successful club, not perfect. And we have had to speak to some students at various times about things, but we have maintained like a generally quite good atmosphere. The penguin metaphors have continued. If that's one of those things that really humbles you at a competition when everyone else is like, UCS won and then you're like the happy happy penguins <laughs> and you're gonna lose just going into it um yes we we uh, we do continue awesome. with our ridiculous team names i think most recently it was lana del rey yeah. uh team names but we've got some good taylor swift puns yeah, i think ready for next year and so many you know kids who are fans of the artist in question are so resentful and they have a ridiculous like debate pun lyric team why can't we be SHHSCA or whatever and it's like you will be SHHS um, never ever debating together um, you will be Harry Potter and a prisoner of analysis no no getting around it Uh, I I was 18 in a debating competition with like 13 year olds being like the the penguin master or whatever Um, it's way way clearer than the penguin Master, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a low effort. I do like how much fun you two have with all of this. <laughs> yeah, so we had um, for for UCL, uh, UCL this year, I think, because we we sent like ten teams to UCL, and they were all Hamilton puns, and oh, that yeah, was like that, that yeah. was absolute great fun coming up with them, wasn't it? Not friendly, my POI. Um, exactly. Yes. <laughs> there we go. See, Jane, you can get into it. I think there are legacies that you guys have both brought to the club too. Um, Jane, your use of named characters to represent specific stakeholders in society. Yeah, you know, Sally, much loved still, even by even now by our younger debaters. And Nadia, your elaborate preparation before you gave a speech, shuffling papers, <laughs> pausing, holding the desk, everything is this ever going to be in. We have several girls who really, really love doing that as a as a as a strategy to build suspense. So yeah, lots of fun memories. Did both teach you a sex? Oh, yeah, we debating did. Yeah, at we did. one point. I use I just, that in my CV all the time. <laughs> I just, very briefly, if you could to tell me, like, how was that? And, like, I don't know, just, you know, what did you gain from it? Or Because some of the year sixes still remember you, like Ada, for example. Yeah, well, she, um, was, she was good in year six, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, cause, so we taught the whole form group, so it's not, it wasn't like a debating club, it was a, it was a kind of specific lesson where we would teach the entire year, or, like, half the year, at a time, um, Nadia was very good at the discipline. 
what, what I what I did learn was that you can shout at year sixes and they really won't remember it. They're, they're, they're so used to it that they just don't mind. Yeah. Um, Kids <laughs> like this not, not everything that is said on this podcast is <laughs> by the genius. Um, well, can, can I just say, on that, I literally wrote in my babysitting application yesterday, kids like discipline. Oh. And they do. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Well, I, I was unfamiliar with this idea. But, um, it was, I think it was really useful as debaters to go back to kind of complete basics and be like, um, if you like, if you think that elves would win in a fight, go to one side of the room. If you think giants would win, go to the other side of the room. And it sounds so stupid and you're like, but I want to be talking about abortion. But it's it's literally the same thing. It's the, the complete building blocks. And to go back to basics, obviously you know, the makings of a, like a truly world-class debater is not necessary, but it's, it's a really kind of like almost therapeutic thing to do to kind of realize how much there is that you, you know, and you can do. Mm. And the act of teaching it is really, really fulfilling because it's like, oh, wow, I actually know so many things that people not only find interesting, but people can pick up really quickly. Mm. And it's so satisfying to teach that. Yeah, Nadia, you also came back for a time, didn't you, on your gap year and, and worked oh, for Bras for a little bit too, so you can add in your experience there. Yeah, that was harder. <laughs> yeah, that was um, harder to teach the year sevens than the year sixes because the year sixes understood, you know, we're, we're the big girls who come in from the senior school and... They, and also having Jane there, it was like kind of moral support, you know, it was both of us against the world. Um, but then with the year sevens and the year eights and nines, um, it was just me <laughs> up at the front and, they, and they're, they're passionate, um, which is one way of saying really loud. And, um, and yeah, just working out how to direct their excitement was very difficult. I'm not sure. It, it gave me such an appreciation for teachers <laughs> and how hard it is. You guys like, it's just a di- like a performance. Yeah. And like you're like manipulating the crowd like a circus. I mean, this all will have been said already, but it's incredibly important. It, there's, for the majority of people who would get a little bit involved in debating, it will be, I think, intellectually life-changing. Um, how yeah that's that's the majority for the for the people who get really really involved that's a whole different story but Mm. kind of even just a little bit every now and then i think would make the world of difference to so many people Mm. yeah um i I think i feel like i should just get a gym metaphor in there because we do that like every episode (laughs) (laughs) sorry Um, Even I I remember these metaphors from uh, three years ago. Are you going to talk about the curve and you're going to start plateauing at some point? She knows me far too well. Yeah, no, I I was literally just going to say like, if you are um, if you are someone who does no exercise, um, doing just one or two hours a week of any form of exercise is genuinely life changing. I think from a mental health and physical health, from a longevity standpoint, etc. Um, if you are someone who uh, is doing a little bit and then becomes a competitive crossfitter, I don't know that your life has gotten better mm. uh, in any meaningful sense. Um, and, and I think that, but, but what Jane says, I think it is true intellectually. I think if you've done no debating and you do like a little bit of debating for a couple of years mm. or, or even, even a couple of terms 
I, I do think it changes the way that you think in really quite profound ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've probably finished yeah, now. We did, we, yeah, we, we did just probably, probably not this is like, yeah. Yeah. like yeah. the whole goodbye. Well, let's just do one yeah. more goodbye okay. and then we can choose which one is the better goodbye. Thank you so much for joining us today for a massively long chat that will have to be edited out in numerous different <laughs> ways. Um, but uh, yeah, it was great fun and it was lovely to have you here. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Paxman. Goodbye for now. Yeah, oh gosh. <laughs> goodbye for now.